travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to the show. It's your host, Spearsy. And Brad in LA again. And today we talk about anything. Anything? With the lead singer of Drama Rama. It's our interview with John Easdale. Okay, what is it tonight? Please just tell me what the hell is wrong. Is it time for an angsty pitch to help support Stuck in the 80s on Patreon? We'll give you candy. We'll give you diamonds. We'll give you pills. If you just give us a few bills to help support the show via our listener-supported program. Hey, look, even a buck a month will earn you a last cigarette. Uh, see what I did there, Spearsy? I see. Very clever. Enjoy exclusive content, VIP Zoom happy hours, and random texts from me and Spearsy at 4 in the morning. Find out more at patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. This is my scenario for Hey gang, we have a fun show today. Drama Rama is one of those bands that absolutely ruled the radio dials of alternative music stations in the second half of the decade. Their post-punk sound, I hate saying post-punk, but that's kind of what it was. Their post-punk sound and their energy, it, it still gives you chills decades later. And I consider their 1985 album Cinema Verite to be one of the best debut albums by any band of that decade. Man, I can tell you're fired up today, Spearsy. I am. Uh, and by the way, if, if you're just saying this is just Spearsonian uh, uh, melodrama, <laughs> it, it, I have been accused of that before. But um, <laughs> just just to back up what I'm saying about this band, I, I went and I read some of the old reviews, and I found this one online that said, um, Cinema Verite is simply a fantastic album. Blending everything from British invasion panache with glam influences to punk energy and back again, its cult legend was established by L.A. DJ legend Rodney Bingenheimer, who played Anything Anything to Death on his show and created a sizable following for the New Jersey band in Southern California. It's no surprise why Anything Anything simply smokes a rave up for the modern day that starts with a blasting riff right before hitting a high-pitched punch that doesn't stop while singer John Easdale details the highs and lows of a relationship with a breathless yowl. Ronnie Bingenheimer, you bet. Yeah, he was at K-Rock, and I do remember hearing this song an awful lot on the KROQ. Yes. I love just, I just want to say breathless yowl over and over again. Um, so imagine our total uh, surprise and glee. Can, I, can we use the word glee on this podcast? It seems like a 90s word. I think we could get an exemption if we needed it. Uh, we found out recently that Drama Rama will be playing on the 2022 voyage of the 80s cruise. I feel like we've seen them before. You and I have seen them together, I think. Didn't they play the Lost 80s shows in Vegas in the olden times when we used to go to Vegas occasionally together? Yeah, actually, you're right. Drama Rama um, did play that a lot. John Easdale, their their lead singer, 
is good friends with the guy who organizes Lost 80s. Oh, so okay. He, I think he mentions that during our interview. And I hope we get to go back out. I hope I at least get to go back out west and see those shows once we're past this, you know, crazy pandemic. Yeah, but be honest, Spearsy. You love these guys because they covered the Velvet Underground. I do. Dark hipster you. (laughs) I love the Velvet Underground, and I I still maintain they're one of the more driving influences of a lot of the 80s sound. But they have a cover of Femme Fatale, and John will talk about it during the interview. It's also on their first album, so... Go. I'm seriously. If you if you don't have it, at least go to Spotify and listen to it, and then go buy at least a, a CD of it. Yeah. Speaking of covers, I do think it's pretty awesome how many bands have covered Dramarama's probably biggest single, "Anything Anything." It it is. It's it's a real tribute to to the power of that song, and um, I'm happy to tell you that John will tell us the whole story behind that song during our chat. I am all ears, my friend. So John and I will talk about the upcoming cruise. We'll talk about some of the bands that influence Dramarama. He'll face the dreaded podcast time machine question uh, and give us quite an answer. Uh, So sit back and enjoy this interview with John Easdale of Dramarama. John, welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, where Where are you talking from today? I'm actually in my garage in Whittier, California. Oh, nice. Isn't that where Nixon's from? It is, as a matter of fact. It's the the only thing I know about Whittier, I think. (laughs) It's about 15 miles outside of Los Angeles. It's it's the very eastern tip of Los Angeles County. Oh, nice. Cool. So is it it still like a, a horrible heat wave going down over there? We've actually had cooler temperatures the last two days, but that means mid 80s as opposed to mid 90s so drama rama's book to play the 22 voyage of the 80s cruise what what have you heard about these cruises only good things i've heard they're wonderful celebrations of of the 80s and everybody's having a real good time uh, i'm i'm thrilled and delighted and i know everybody in the band is that we've been invited to be a part of it and it'll actually be my first time at sea so uh, hopefully i will take to it like a, a duck to water <laughs> yeah it's every it, last year the last one we went on was 2020 and it, the first couple of days were a little rough and martha davis from the motels was a guest of ours at trivia and she was gonna do autographs afterwards but she's like if i stand up i'm gonna throw up <laughs> so, mm. but that very very unusual i'm sure 2022 will be fine you're saying the seas were rough yeah the first couple of days uh, uh, I just thought it was just rough getting used to or something. Cause I know <laughs> like my wife is, is particularly prone to seasickness. We do, we get in a, in a, in a, you know, little rowboat we're on for two seconds and she's, she's feeding the fish. Oh no, no. Well, it, it, I, so am I, and I've been on 20 cruises and so and rarely ever does it affect me. So she'll, okay. she'll be fine. She'll be fine. So, is this going to be the oddest venue the band has ever played? I would say for, for all intents and purposes, yes. Yes, yes, indeed. I, I remember interviewing God, was Howard Jones, and he had just come off the stage in like Abu Dhabi playing a one of those prom shows that are real popular overseas. And And when I asked him that question, he had said something about being in Red Square during the Soviet era and having the KGB follow him around after a show. 
And I, I thought, well, <laughs> that's the answer to beat until someone comes up with something more bizarre. That is strange. You know, we, I, I, saying that makes me remember we did do a, a series of shows in the early 2000s that were, uh, they were run by Nike and we were like uh, along a, a, a marathon or, or a 5K run. I, I don't remember how long it was, but all along it, it was like different 80s bands and you were like the the runners were just kind of like running by you and kind of like waving and you were playing while while they ran by so those were strange we, we did ones that we did in portland and new york city and uh, chicago there, there were a number of them it was called rewind what was it? i i don't remember was the, name the rock, rock and roll marathon or something like that it was something like that but it was run by nike and it was all Eight, uh, run hit wonders and it was us and flock <laughs> of seagulls and uh uh you know there were the diva was doing them it, it was it was a lot of cool bands on it we were again we, we we were very thrilled to be a part of it i i think there's about 15 other bands that are on the ship for the week including um abc human league modern english <clears throat> berlin dire Straits, legacy other are, are there any specific acts you're looking forward to catching uh when you're not performing you know, we've been doing these kind of 80s shows, uh, for lack of a better word, nostalgia shows, oldies shows, we used to call them back in, when we were growing up. And it was 50s bands, you know, it was Chuck Berry or Little Richard or something. Uh, we've been doing these since, you know, 2003. And so we've played with a lot of these bands. There's, there's, there's a few bands that, that, that I've never seen perform, like 38 Special I've never seen. And, and I'm curious to see the, uh, the Dire Straits Legacy Band because I'm not familiar with them too much. Um, but a lot of the other ones we, we have played with before, and, and uh, it, 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 they've all been really nice. And it, it's, it's very, it, like I said, it's, it's just really cool. We're, we're, we're proud to be included because, uh, you know, we're, we're, I, I don't consider ourselves to be in that same league, you know. For, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm, I'm still a, a music fan and I, I'm still, you know, one of the crowd and I, and I'm just like, sometimes I meet these people. I'm like, wow, look, it's, it's, it's Terry Nunn from Berlin. Wow. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, or Martin Fry. Oh, you know, I get all, get all goose pimply. Yeah. Now it's the, the nice thing about these, these cruises is that I think, I mean, as opposed to the shows you're talking about, I, I I've seen drama Rama at, I think it was eighties lost eighties live. I think I saw you saw you perform there at least once. Yeah, um, yeah, we're, we're I'm real good friends with the the guy who puts that show on. Rob, that Rob He's, Juarez. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm actually his his daughter's godfather. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the I think the difference between that show and these shows is I, I, if I, if I recall, it's been probably about five years since I've been to 80s Lost Live. But instead of performing like three or four songs, you get the you get the full time you get your full 90 minutes or however long you want to play and so you could play some songs that maybe you haven't had a chance to perform in a while yeah well that's my understanding of course we do get to play our own shows uh, in addition to getting to go do these shows but the you know yeah it's it's really nice i'm really looking forward to it so drama rama has been around since 82 so you're almost at that 40 year mark what 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 kind of ride has it been for these four decades well, to be honest with you, we only lasted about 10 years. We, 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 well, maybe 12 years. 
And that first 12 years was, was a roller coaster ride of, of mostly ups and a couple of downs towards the end. And at that point, we kind of said, eh, 1994, I think we're, we're done. And we all left, you know, um, we all, you know, the four core members of the band, uh, the original members, we all went to the same high school and we were all good friends for a long time before we put the band together. And so after 12 years as a band and, and 25 years before that as, as friends and we just, it was time to, to call a halt to the proceedings. And then in 2003, VH1 did that show bands reunited and we got back together and I'd been playing with a bass player and a drummer for a number of years as, as a solo artiste. And so uh, when we continued after that, uh, I, I used the same bass player and drummer. And then myself and the two original guitar players continued on as drama. And ever since then, it's just been a blast. A lot of fun. Uh, the album that I remember most, uh, Cinema Verite just hit its 35th anniversary is it is it hard to wrap your mind around numbers like that is that here's the thing that i always think about when i was in the 80s and you think about something that happened 35 years previously you're, you're talking about a time before rock and roll even existed really yeah if you go backwards that you're absolutely right when we started in 82 if you went back 35 years from there you would be in the the swing era and it would be pre-rock and roll it's weird because I guess, you know, when you're young, 10 years is a really long time. So it's just hard to imagine, you know, uh, numbers mean a lot less, but now, yeah, 30, 40, you know, like you said, the band's almost going on. Our, by the time we get to uh, uh, the cruise, it'll be our 40th anniversary. And honestly, never expected to be making records or, you know, having a career as a rock and roll band was, was not even in our wildest dreams. I think we were most, most excited when we made a 45 and we did that all on our own. And, and, and that was miraculous to us. So anything beyond that has just been, you know, icing on the cake. What, what was that first 45? Uh, it was a three song EP and uh, the, the, the music on it, uh, Actually, the one song on there ended up on our first album, Femme Fatale by, by The Velvet Underground, written by Lou Reed. And then the other two songs were a little bit more power pop than we ended up being. And they're available. They're available online and, you know, on Spotify and stuff. They, they were, they were, they were added as uh, bonus tracks to the cinema Verte album. Nice. They're one, one's called you drive me. And the other one's called a fine example. Nice. You, you mentioned Lou Reed and the velvet underground. What, what other bands turned you on as you in those formative years, as you were, as the band was starting to, you know, find its way towards formation. Well, you know, I, I, I got really turned on to rock and roll at a very early age when the monkeys TV show was on even before the Beatles, I, I was aware of the monkeys. Uh, I was like four years old when, or, or I think I turned five soon after that show came on. And, uh, 
So the monkeys, then the Beatles, then, you know, all the bit British invasion bands, then in the mid seventies, I would say that the, the British glam rocks music of, of like David Bowie, Martha Hoople, T-Rex, and then punk rock and everything that, that came with that of the Ramones, Sex Pistols, Clash, and then post-punk, you know, uh, so many bands, you know, I, I could spend the rest of the show just listing bands that I really love. What, um, what were some of the first songs that you guys covered when you started playing together? Well, before the band became Rama and we started just, it started being like a vehicle for my, for my songwriting. Um, we did a lot of stuff. We did the monkeys. We, we did the, the, the stones, you know, uh, more 60s stuff. Um, as the band has progressed, you know, over the years, like almost every album's had cover songs. We, we did Bowie. We did Lou Reed. We did a Patti Smith song. We did a Martha Hoople song. We did a Rolling Stone song. Uh, we did a, we, we, we recorded a Dwight Twilley song and a kiss song. Wow. I mean, we, we, we've, we've gone all around the bases. What, which kiss song do you remember? Yeah. Going blind. I don't know. Go win, go in blind, I guess is. is <laughs> out. And that's another one that, that, that ended up on, on our now out of print uh, best of that Rhino put out. It's, it was called 18 big ones. Wow, I don't. I, I used to be the the biggest Kiss fan when I was, you know, preteen, and I, that's a song that I don't remember. But it's on this. It's on Hotter Than Hell. Okay, so we're really old, really, really old cut. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's a good song, and um, it's about <laughs> I don't know. It's a Gene song. It's <laughs> it's not too heavy. It's not too hard, but it's it's a good it's a good song. I, I really like it. mentioned the monkeys the monkeys are one of those bands that i when i was growing up they were always on that show was being syndicated then i think so it was always Mm -hmm. on some vhf channel or uhf channel and so i i i probably know their music uh i wouldn't say as well as you (laughs) i couldn't pick up a guitar i don't i can't play an instrument other than the drums so i can't pick up a guitar and start playing last train to clarksville but you probably could you know it's it's funny because the monkey songs are deceptively compared they, they seem to set really simple, but they're really quite complex. The people who wrote them were, were, were very, you know, seasoned songwriters for the most part. They, they were one of the last of the Tin Pan Alley bands. And at first they didn't write their own music too much. I, th- I think Mike, the guitar player, uh, he, he wrote songs, but at first they, they, they were all like uh, from the team of, of songwriters from the Brill Building in New York City. And so you had Boyce and Hart and you had Carol King and, and Jerry Goffin and, and Neil, Neil Diamond wrote some of their songs. Sure, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, you had all these songwriters writing for them. So, that, so they were a little bit more complex. And, and quite honestly, uh, as a, a musician, I'm pretty, you know, 
standard basic chords. I, I could I could figure it out, but not as easy as you'd expect. Did you ever get a chance to meet any of any of your any of the monkeys or any of the other heroes that you had growing up? I recently did meet Mickey Dolans, and I was like I said, you know, I I, I immediately revert back to the the child that just adored and idolized the monkeys and you know you know they're they're the reason i i, I fell in love with rock and roll and, and i met mickey and it, it was uh unbelievably exciting for me I'm, I'm sure he he was not nearly as excited to meet me but you know that's just the way it goes <laughs> i i think i interviewed him a while back and um i just I, it was a really good interview and i thought it went really well and then i and when I was done, I Googled Mickey Dolans and, and read some of his other interviews. And I realized he, I pretty much didn't ask him anything he hadn't already been asked 3000 times. I, I kind of felt pretty bad at that point. Yeah. If you stick around for 50 years or 55 years or whatever they're going on, I'm sure it gets to that point where, you know, every question has been asked, but yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I guess, you know, it, it's, it's worse if you have the same exact answers, you know, if, if, if but uh, like, if you ask me a question I've been asked before, I'll, I'll do my best to, to give you an original and uh, you know, uncanned answer, you know, something being can't try to be as candid as possible. <laughs> In that vein, let me ask you about anything, anything, <laughs> because I, I think, most 80s fans will name check this song as one of their favorite anthems of the 80s. Definitely one of one of their favorite hits by Drama Rama. But I've also read in your interviews that some of the fans miss the meaning of the song. So I'm wondering, you know, is this are you willing to share the story behind the song and, and how it got written? Yeah, sure. It's it's very autobiographical. It 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 refers to my first wife and I. We we lived in an apartment downstairs from where where the band lived. We, it was a little like small uh, six apartment building, and the band lived upstairs. And I used to live upstairs with the band. And then my wife, we, my, my wife and I got married, and we were very young. I think I was twenty two, and she was eight, just eighteen. And um, we moved into a, a studio apartment just downstairs from the rest of the guys. And I don't recommend that to begin with, nor do I recommend, you know, the two, the, the two, uh, the, the man and wife making minimum wage and, uh, and expecting to, to make a go of it. But, you know, we were madly in love and we were convinced that true love conquers all. So we moved in, uh, as you can imagine, there, there were, there were arguments and, and pretty much what, what the song describes was what was going on. And, it got to a point where we were kind of, you know, angry with one another. And then one night we, we, we got into a fight and, uh, and, and yeah, it, it's, it's, it's all right there in, in the song. part that i think that people don't understand is that like people come up to me and say oh we sang we had this song at our wedding and oh yeah this is our song you know and it's like yeah that song doesn't have a happy ending buddy you know i i, I 
it's it's not it's not a happy love song by any stretch of the imagination so i i always uh wish those people good luck and 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 the very best and hope it doesn't turn out for them the way that people it turned out for the people in that song uh, I'm, I'm getting married in three months and the, the band has asked us for a list of uh, do not play songs. I think I might add it to the do not play list. Yeah, it's. I would think it'd be bad luck because, like I said, the, my my first wife and I are are no longer married, and uh, we didn't last much longer. In fact, by the time that song came out in 1985, we had already broken up. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's just weird. But I do think people do relate to the uh, you know the idea of. Uh, you know the the, the strength and the, and the and the power of of love and and you know the feelings that are expressed in that song and I think they get that right. I just don't think they get the 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 ending that uh, didn't turn out didn't all turn out. Did your ex wife ever tell you how she felt about the song? I know you know not no I can't I can't remember I think I I don't know yeah no I can't say that that I remember us ever discussing it. Let me ask you this. Does a bad memory make for better song lyrics than a good memory? I would say yes. I would say that back when there was more turmoil and when teenage heartbreak and things like that were were closer in my mind. And I wrote a lot more songs. I've been living happily married for a long time, and, and I don't write nearly as many songs now as I used to. I just listened to Color TV, which is the first album the band put out i guess in what about 15 years mm-hmm. and i'm it has a different tone i i feel like it's a different john that i'm listening to it, it almost has a it, it's it feels like more am i wrong in thinking it feels like more you today like it there's not the angst there's there's more of a uh, especially on the second side it, um definitely a more a romantic vibe to it almost yeah, I would say side two kind of expresses where I'm at today and and how, you know, there's a lot more content, contentedness. Um, I, I'm really grateful for for my family and 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 what I've discovered, uh, you know, peace and, and tranquility and, and uh, uh, you know, um, it, it's it's a lot different and uh there, there there's a little bit of turmoil at the, at the beginning of, of the record uh you know i i talk about current events a little bit and then uh, there's a couple of songs that deal with substance abuse which i had a problem with back in the 90s and uh so i address a, a, a little of turbulence and 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 the record is is meant to go from you know that to the, the happy ending so to speak so so yeah you're, you're absolutely right so there's an evolution as you listen to it i think so yeah i write albums to to be albums not just you know individual songs it, it, it there's a, there's a flow you know you're supposed to listen to it in order and that's the way i used to listen to records and, and that's the way i try to design design them when when i put the, the I, I spend as much time on the sequencing of, of, of a record as I do on, on the songwriting, I would say. Is it disappointing or is it um, a hurdle today as a songwriter now that we're in the digital days of recording and, and you can release a single if you wanted to, or you could release two singles to, you know, at verse versus you 40 years ago where 
there was an art form to writing an album and telling a story through the course of, you know, nine or 10 songs. There's, well, I, I honestly, I still think in the terms of, of, you know, two sides to an album, even when we were making CDs from, from, from the early nineties on, and, and they weren't really putting out albums anymore. They were just putting out CDs. I still thought in terms of side one and side two, just because that was the way I grew up listening to music. I think artists that come of age now aren't going to have that same kind of thing. And, and again, like, yeah, like you say, people are just putting out one song at a time or, or, you know, you could put out a hundred songs. There's no longer a, a time constraint. You know, sure. when you were making albums, 45 minutes was probably about the longest album you could make because that's what fit on side one or side two, or else you'd have to make a double album. Um, and when you got to CDs, you could make 75 minutes of music. You know, it, it was uh, limited by the, by how much would fit on, 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 on the media that you were using. Um, now there's, there's no limit. And so you can put out one song, you can put out 20 songs. I'm kind of used to what I'm used to and what I grew up with, but yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's frustrating. It's just weird to, to see the, the changes that have, that have gone. I remember when tapes were new, you know, I remember when cassettes were like, wow, you can listen to music in your car and eight track tapes. And that was something new. Uh, I remember when there was only seven channels on television and, and it wasn't even in color yet. So I'm pretty old, but, um, but now, you know, there's, there's no limit and you can listen to everything, you know, music stores could only carry so much music. Even the biggest record stores back then couldn't carry every album by every band. And now you can listen to every, every album by every band, you know, with, with rare exceptions. You talk about speaking of the early days of TV and, and and music back when you used to listen to for for the crews will still be celebrating the 40th anniversary of MTV. And I'm curious for you and the band, how important was the medium of music videos? Was it something you felt comfortable accommodating? Honestly, you know, aside from the, the, the Beatles and the monkeys and those guys who made, made television shows and movies, I didn't think visually when I, when I thought of music, I mean, yeah, there were pictures on album covers and, and pictures of rock stars and magazines and stuff, but it wasn't a visual medium. It was very much an audio thing. It, it was listening with headphones and, you know, making your own pictures. And so honestly, when videos came out, I kind of thought it, 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 it I, I didn't get, get into it. I, I, I mean, I watched it and I enjoyed it and I, and I discovered some bands from that, but I, I, I kind of thought it limited, you know, it took away the imagination, you know, some of it. It, it, it I'd rather imagine what a song is about than, than see a video that, that tells me what it's about, you know, with, 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 with rare exceptions, there, there were some videos that were amazing and, I, I really loved them, but there were a lot of videos that were just kind of like, okay. And, and I think they would have been, the, the, the music would have been better without a video. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I mean, I mean, not everybody can sit there and put out what Peter Gabriel put out as far as music videos. I mean, there's going to be people who just stand on the stage and record it and there, there's your music video, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yours, the ones for drama Rama definitely had a post-punk feel to them. There was, when I watched them today, 
it reminds me of the replacements and and a lot of the bands from that era who who I always kind of felt like, well, I mean, you have to you have to do a video, but do you want to do a video kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was something that was expected and and we've only made a handful, you know, we didn't make three for every album. Uh yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, we need a we need a video, not you know, yeah, we weren't budding filmmakers and so it's it, it's okay i i think some of the ones we did are, are okay some of them i i, I watch you know they're cringe make me cringe but um yeah no it, it's mtv it was cool but by but by the time it came out i was 21 years old and i'd already yeah you know had my development you know, I, 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 I just listened to the radio or, or listened to records. Which videos made you cringe? Of, of ours? Yeah. Uh, in particular, Last Cigarette. Uh, okay. I, I, I just do not like that video. I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way it's shot. I don't like the editing. It's just very weird. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's, you, you don't normally uh, get that level of honesty when, you talk, when people talk about MTV. But but you're right. I mean, at, at age 21, even I had pretty much been like, uh, I'm 54 now. So, but it, but but at age 21, I I was disconnected from MTV. It, it no longer served a purpose in my life, and so I, I can only imagine for you what it was like at that same age when it's born. You know, just it's the connection's a little, you know, it's just not there. Yeah, I was already, you know, the the band was pretty much already work. We were we were already, you know. I was already writing songs and, and, you know, putting the band together. So yeah, it, it was just, it was weird. So whenever we do a podcast interview, we always like, I always like to finish with one particular question. And so here goes, <laughs> I should have warned you ahead of time about this one. No, that's the beauty of it. We like to think of our podcast as a time machine of sorts. And because it's our show, we can give you a seat on the so-called podcast time machine to go back in time any point in time to either relive an event redo something you did or just witness an event you missed so with your invitation to the podcast time machine what would you use it for oh gosh that's that's tough that's really hard um so many things i so many guys I, I would have liked. I, I guess I would have liked to have seen Elvis Presley at some point in concert. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Jimi Hendrix at some point in concert. Uh, I uh, I would like to see the Beatles in concert. Uh, I was lucky. I, I've been really lucky. I've gotten to see a lot of my my heroes and, and a lot of you know the people that I loved, uh, people who made the music that I loved. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know, you know, musically that you know, yeah, no, I, I'm pretty happy that there's there's not much that I that I that I you know wish I'd been around to see that I that I wasn't around to see. Most of it is from before my time, so to speak, you know. Everyone uh, reacts to that question a little differently. We we asked Terry Nunn during a live podcast on the previous cruise that question. And she went into a long answer about wanting to go back and apologize to her dad about something she had done or said. And then she started crying. And then the whole room started crying. 
and I had to like turn around so I wouldn't start crying. Um, so it's, but uh, I, I like your answer. I, I would love to see yeah. those bands too. I was thinking more in terms of music. If the, <laughs> if I could turn back time for myself and do, you know, change things and mistakes that I made. Oh boy. That's, that's another story. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't thinking in, the, in, in terms of, of, of personal choices in life. You know, I, I would, I would definitely, there's definitely some things I'd have done differently and, 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 and decisions that I made that I regret, but uh, no, I, I, I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, musical sure hey everyone can use it for what they want you're lucky you get two seats on the time machine yeah uh, but uh we get we, i get a seat every week where i get to, to talk about this stuff so um john thank you so much for your time this is uh this has been a really fun chat and i was i was really excited to see that you guys were added to the to the to the artists for 2022 i think you're going to have a really good time I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be weird to be away from home for that long. Haven't done that in forever. You know, usually now when we go out, we're gone for the weekend or, you know, five days at a time or something. So this one's going to, you know, it's going to be rough on me because I'm, I'm, I'm way more of a stay at home kind of guy these days, but, but at the same time, I'm sure it's going to be delightful. It's going to be a great trip. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these bands. And like you said, I, even though I've, I, I've have played with some of them. A lot of times it was only for those shows where they were only doing like 10 or 15 minutes or 20 minutes or something. So I'd like to see, I'd like to see a whole concert from ABC or, or, or the human league or, or yeah, a lot of them, a lot, a lot of the bands. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing them. It'll be great. It'll be fun. Looking forward to meeting you in person. Absolutely. My pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for having me on. There he is, John Easdale from Dramarama. That was a fun conversation. Yeah, you you guys had a good time together, I could tell. He's a genuinely nice guy. and uh, Makes it easier. I thought it was crazy and fun and refreshing that he talked about kind of his lack of connection with music videos. Yeah, that's the kind of position that you wonder how many artists felt that way but didn't feel they could say anything like that. It's like kind of cutting off your nose to spite your face. Well, what didn't you like about the last cigarette video? And he tells you exactly what he didn't like. <laughs> like well, you got a minute? Actually, I do. I have another. So, according to this thing on my computer, it says I have another thousand hours of recording time. So yeah, so I'm really looking forward to their their shows on the ship. But you know what else I'm looking forward to, Brad? <laughs> the the seggies. Ah, the dulcet tones of listener mailbag. I think you're taking my lines. Yeah, it doesn't sound like anything I'd ever say. Well, you know. Here's the problem. Um, as I texted Brad right before the show. <laughs> just, there's, just, there's just one, by the way. Once we get this out, the show is going to be nothing but slick nothing. We won't have to edit it. We'll just drop it out there. It comes fully formed um, in the form of a smoked snack stick oh dear god so i I I texted this to brad right before the show wait here i go into my whisper mode again right before the show i texted i bought this slim jim the other day at five below do you have those in your town brad i have seen them yep yep i I never went into one until last week and was it a wonderland the future wife is a fan of it and i I never knew why because it sounded to me like a glorified dollar store but mm-hmm. it's not. It's 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 no? what well, it is. <laughs> it's 
I mean, everything. But so much more than a box. Sir. I mean, everything there is pretty much five dollars or less. But it's it's a real happy, uplifting store hmm. design, and they okay. have a snack section that is to die for. And they must have had the most monster collection of Slim Jims. <laughs> so I think I literally bought fifteen dollars of worth of Slim Jims. So was that three Slim Jims? The one I sent you, yeah. Well, they were about I don't know, they were about three three dollars each. But this one is a chili cheese coney dog, <sighs> Sonic flavored, monster sized Slim Jim. Uh, you know, I just. I felt my blood pressure going up just looking at that thing. I used to eat a chili cheese coney for lunch probably three times a week when I was in high school. Yeah. From Sonic. That was my go-to. And then at some point in, in my adult life, I made the mistake of looking at the tr- nutritional information for that. And like, I don't know how I'm still alive. <laughs> well, honestly. It's it's funny you mention that because I'm, I'm staring at the the ingredients are beef, pork, and mechanically separated chicken. <laughs> It's not. It's just not good. Okay, it's not but good. Here's the fun part. So, 260 calories per stick. Um. So there's six servings in that one. No, sleeve. no. It says one serving size is one stick, and this is a pretty big stick. I mean, I. <laughs> and you should know a it, thing or two about it feels, handling it big feels, sticks. It feels pretty firm, and uh, it has 810 milligrams of sodium. Dear God, dear God. It has. <laughs> 10 grams of carbs, which isn't bad. Only only 3 grams of sugar. Mm. So, okay. 11 grams of protein. So, I mean, as far as stuff goes, Oof. I'm not going to eat it right now on the show because <laughs> we used to do that and people got sick from it. And so I'm, I'm going to respect. It's, it's the chewing <laughs> noises. I think if you turn the mic <clears> off <throat> and then just came back on and gave a report. Yeah, but I, I'm, just, I'm afraid that if I open this upstairs in my office that this place will smell like a Slim Jim for a week. Yeah, at least. <laughs> and I'm going to go on the record and say this isn't the most. This isn't the cleanest room in the house already. So there's a okay, so sizable amount so of discarded socks. Maybe dirty me. socks and slim jims is a, a <laughs> treacherous combination that could lead to bad things. But but uh, dirty socks and slim jims would be a good name for a compilation album. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, it's not not suitable for the Steve Spears story autobiography. Though. Yeah, no, it doesn't give away I, too much in the title. No, but the uh, nutritional content of 110 milligrams of sodium that seems like that could be a good subtitle for my biography. Um, anyway, did we have a letter? Steve? We did. I forget from Monica Minkle, and because I've okay. talked enough, and I'm going to let Brad read this one. Okay, Monica writes, "Hey, stuck in the '80s, dudes, longtime listener and fan of the pod." I got hooked on the first 80s cruise and learned about you guys at Trivia. By the way, how many Olympics questions can you really have? Monica. Let it go, Monica. Don't tempt us. Don't tempt us. It could be all Olympic questions. Do you know how many events there are at the Olympics? Yep. Never mind how many Olympics actually happen in the 80s. There's 80, 84, 88. You know, there's a lot. Well, not, don't even dismiss. Forget about it. We could go into the one that happened in 1980 in Moscow. That's why I said 80. You know, we could do the Eastern Bloc. We could do the the... U.S. one. I mean, it, it could be crazy. We could do all Olympics the whole next cruise. Of yes. They end up throwing us overboard, but that's a whole other anyway. thing. Anyway. Anyway, so Monica, don't 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 tempt us. Don't, don't wave do a flag really in front foolish. of the bulls. That's right. She continues on your recent road trip podcast, which incidentally we listened to while road tripping. We think you missed a great road trip rock out in the car song. 
I'm talking about, of course, the Arena Rock Anthem by the one-hit wonder Autograph. Turn up the radio. have to love songs that provide clear direction on what you should do while listening okay you know i kind of like that kind of thinking now i'm sitting here thinking what other songs do that Hmm. oh she actually has a suggestions also feel like if you're going to do an rem song we suggest stand as a very honorable mention Uh, that's another song that tells you what to do but i I mean it's it's singable so you know it gets the sing-along sing-along vote Although Steve hates R.E.M., so <laughs> I love R.E.M. I just um, I don't like Stand. But go ahead. I'm trying to think of another song that tells you what to do <clears throat> while you're listening. People can email in ideas. G- yeah, give us please I- do songs that tell you what to do. And and you know I don't yeah keep it clean. That's all I'm going to say. Or not. Uh, Monica continues. She did write a letter here. I'm sorry. I'm editorializing a lot this week. Thanks for the great podcasts. As a slightly younger crew member, I often get miffed at your dismissiveness of my beloved hair bands. But I have come to appreciate New Wave and earlier 80s stuff as I have grown older and wiser in my ways. And, and here, I think Monica might have buried the lead. And she says, And Brad, I grew up in Oklahoma and have been to your Weatherford football stadium because we played you guys. What? Thanks for a great show. Right. Okay, we'll get back to that. Thanks for a great show and for just being cool, which is how you can tell she wrote this to some other podcast. I don't know how that happened. MFM, she signs it. And she says in parentheses, Monica f- Minkle. Say my name, bitches! And yes, there's a whole story behind the MFM. From the neighborhood formerly known as Stapleton in Colorado. Wow. Um, there you go. <clears throat> so what high school? She went to your... I need to know more about this football stadium shenanigans. <laughs> what school did she go tell to? Me, yeah, tell me, Monica, where did you grow up? Um, did you come to play football in Weatherford when we were still playing in the University's football stadium, Milam Field, or were you playing? Were you coming after they had finally built a stadium on the premises of the high school? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Stop! Full stop! So there's a university in Weatherford. Yeah, Southwestern Oklahoma State University. Go Bulldogs! <laughs> this is that's where my dad taught. That's where my dad taught. Okay, okay, okay. I never yeah. heard of it, but I'm sure it was a fine. Well, why? Why would you have? It's one of just like one of the small regional universities. So, so it had a, so it had a nice stadium though. Nice. I mean, it was a, it was lovely for a town of its size and shape. I mean, how many people uh, you would know, you say it fit? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a couple thousand. That is couple small. thousand. Jesus, it's small. Okay, so no artificial turf or anything. No, come on, man. Yeah, there's high schools in in Tampa Bay and in all around Florida that have artificial turf. Yeah, but you guys have got money coming out your ears or something. All those snowbirds coming down and throwing money at the golf courses. Yeah, that's true. Got a point there. Um, no, this was like artificial turf. Are you kidding? We, the, our, we, as if I ever set foot on a football field doing anything other than marching band, uh, the grass was dead by the time it was time for football season. The green grass. Oh, because the summer, it doesn't rain there. It's like dust bowl. No, because in winter grass dies in normal places, Florida man. Oh, I got. A, I need a geography lesson or something. I don't know. <laughs> you need. A, you need a movication. 
Uh, anyway, so yeah, Monica, we need to talk some more about this. Uh, I have some questions. Uh, we need to discuss this. Are we mortal enemies? Like, did you grow up in Clinton? Um, and what's the whole story we, we behind the M- behind the MFM that she's yeah, hinting at? I expect at. some more details than that too. <clears throat> it's just a lot to uncover here. Um, we got a lot to unpack here, Monica. So help us out here. Welcome to the family. I will say I'm sorry that we have been dismissive of your hair bands. I'm trying to find a way to enjoy that kind of stuff too. I, I too am trying to broaden my perspectives a little bit, but that just wasn't what I was listening to at the time. No, no, I just well, it wasn't. It, hair, hair metal was a late '80s thing. If we had grown on, up in okay. the late '80s, if we had grown up in the late, <laughs> more chance we would have been into it. If we, you know, we're, we're handicapped sure. by our advanced age. Yes, you're just young and spry, Monica. Yes. you're old and creaky, and yes. our knees hurt. Um, speaking of apologies. We, I, I, I got to say something. I mean, I, I feel really bad that we've had so few podcasts over the last month or so. And uh, lot, I mean, we can make up a lot of excuses and, and they'd all be real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not just that we're lazy bastards, although that might no. have something to do with it. Brad was in New York, New York for most of the summer. And, and in all fairness, you were working like 15 hour days. Yeah, and I'm I'm heading back next week, so it's kind of fun to be recording at home this yeah. week. And and I've been traveling back and forth between Florida and New York, um, as I have been for two years now, and that's coming to an end in a couple of when future wife becomes just wife, then that'll all come to an end. <laughs> I don't think you're just gonna call her wife. <laughs> well, there's there, we've had we've. We've had advanced discussions as, as far as future nicknames go, but I think just wife is not going to cut it. <laughs> it seems a little bit um, – what's the word I want to use? Dismissive? Dismissive is, is the word right. I was thinking. Yeah, No, it's not. Um, it's, too, it's too diminutive. Yes, it's, it's too yes. small for um, – For but, someone who is going to play such a large part yeah. in your life and in your heart, Steve Spears. And then the, the last couple of weeks that when, – when Brad and I were together in New York – we were using that time to well, we had it. There was an impromptu bachelor party. I don't know if we even talked about that on a previous podcast. I don't think we did. I don't. I don't think we did. That was fun. We it hadn't happened, but there was me and Brad and Augie, uh, Dave Augie August got together for a. Whole, it was just an amazing day, by the way. I, I can't really thank fun. you enough. It was really fun. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm glad that. Uh, future wife reached out to me and suggested it because yeah. i was like oh, i guess we're just not going to do that yeah so, oh you guys are all here we went oh to, that's a good point <laughs> it was such an 80s thing we went to we started the day at the intrepid museum which is a, there's an aircraft carrier that's from world war ii mm-hmm. that's docked in new york city and they've turned it into a museum so next to it there's there's a concord plane which you know, if there's anything that that just reeks of the '80s, it's the Concorde. Um, on the actual deck of the ship is the space shuttle Enterprise, the actual <clears throat> space shuttle Enterprise. So cool. Yeah, and then and then you, of course you get to go all around the ship and check out all the stuff. And it was just I, I could have spent like three days there, but 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 we left there. We went to a place called Barcade which was a slash bar slash video arcade, and we played every 80s arcade game there was. It's true. We played Discs of Tron, boys and girls. Yeah. We all know how rare those machines are. <laughs> yeah. And I, where, where did I smoke you at? Oh, Galaga. 
Oh yeah, it wasn't even. It was embarrassing. It was like the game of a lifetime. It's like I had saved it all up for that one moment. I sucked at everything after that, but but for for well, a few minutes, I was a god. Yeah, and it's a good feeling, isn't it? Later in the in the session, we were playing Asteroids, which somehow just shows you that nobody had played that game all day. Somehow, I was able to get the top score on the machine. Which yeah, was like wow, I don't. I seriously don't think that's ever happened to me yeah. in my life. Yeah, so it was fun. It was fun, and then and then we had this amazing steak dinner at was it what's it called Spark? sparks sparks steakhouse yeah, yeah. chosen then, because it's named after the brothers obviously ah and then but then in a true pod, <laughs> podcast fashion we we ended the night going back to Brad's place and getting like a boat full of 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 alcohol and we watched all of dune and half of tron on tv yeah it was that part of the evening got a little kooky i have to say so we walk out of the restaurant not really realizing what was going on outside and and it's just pouring like i don't mean oh it's kind of raining hard like oh brad's from california he doesn't understand weather no <laughs> it's raining so hard that we're just, we had we actually had another stop planned we were going to go to another bar and have some drinks after dinner and steve looks at me and says there's no way we're getting a car and then we started negotiating okay what can we do oh well, let's like there's a liquor store on the way back to my apartment we could grab some liquor and just head back to the apartment. And we both had dry clothes there. All of us had some kind of form of dry clothes. And uh, so we started to make this mad dash back to the apartment, which after about five steps was completely useless. Yeah. We're, it's just as wet as we're going to be. Drenched. I, I mean, honestly, I should have put some soap, soap in my pocket so I didn't have to do laundry that week. But uh, it was just, it was hysterical. It was like the worst wet t-shirt contest you've ever been to. <laughs> it was fun though. <clears throat> but then we drank and had a great time yeah. afterwards. Well, I mean, we had a great time all the, the whole day. It was really fun. I think we all like, I think, but I think we all kind of like mutually passed out at some point during Tron. Yeah. I started, I'm like, oh, I think I missed about 10 minutes of that. I'm like, oh, I hope everyone didn't realize I've been asleep for the last five minutes. No, no I was, I was asleep. But anyway, it was, it was fun. And then. Uh, we, we were we were going to try to get together and record another Game Changer podcast like we did the last time we were together in New York, and it just – we ran out of time. And, and Now, uh, now here's, the, here's what really happened. I told Steve to come over, and he said, oh, yeah, I'll come over like one last time before we all both leave. And he said, should we record a podcast? And I'm going to tell you something, 80s Nation. I was selfish. I said, no, just come over. I want to hang out with you. Yep. So we hung out. We had a good time. Yep. I think we ate some deli. Yep, yep. Uh, Corn. It was uh, pastrami and turkey. It was. It weighed about oh. twelve pounds. It was great. Yeah. So no, it was. It was fantastic. So that's one of the reasons. And but we're, we've got some shows scheduled. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna try to do you right and get back on schedule. But I, you know, it's just crazy right now. I, there's other weird crap going on that we really can't talk about. And yeah, better better. Sometimes it's better you don't know and. But uh, and I'm not trying to be that mysterious. Said, not not your problem. But uh, we will get back on the horse here. Yeah, and, you know, starting. Well, it always seems like in the late summer we kind of have a little bit of a kind of we take a breath and then we get back on the horse and we ride it hard to the right. end of the year. Well, everybody at the, this time of year too, everyone's taking their last minute vacation before school starts. That's true. So, um, but anyway, and other random reasons to visit Florida. Anyway, if you have a letter for us, or you just want to give us some encouragement or reason to live, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. Prepare to qualify. Oh, man, I love the theme. 
to our newest segi. It's uh, stuck in the arcade time. By the way, I got an email today from someone asking, what does the Seggies stand for? And I said, well, it stands for, I guess it's been so long since we've been using it, I've almost forgotten. It stands for segments. Yeah. So. I mean, when I'm editing down the show and chunking it up, I'm always like, segment one, segment two. two. These are these are the Seggies. So these are the segments. I we started this a long time ago, and I, I don't remember what the... Original. Some historians claim that it's about the segways, which is how <laughs> Steve and Sean used to ride to work every day. But that has been proven to be false. That is very false. Um, anyway, uh, we will play a snippet of a theme song from an arcade game of the 80s. I don't know why I'm talking so chopped. Uh, it, it could be because of the processed meat stick in front of me. I don't know. Mm. Mechanically separated podcast. <laughs> yeah. Feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? Uh, if you get it right, you're entered into a drawing for the postal friendly bottle opener because nothing makes things more smooth and happier and better in life than a postal friendly bottle opener. Or just saying those words. Hmm. I mailed some out today. I'm all caught up again. If I can work postal friendly bottle opener into my wedding vows, I think I'll do it. Ooh. That's a challenge. Yeah. I. Wouldn't recommend it. Sir. No, and, and the Episcopalians are very serious about not screwing around with their vows. So we'll mm. we'll just we'll just file that away for uh, uh, ideas for. I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can get it into my best man toast. In the uh, that would be nice. Or I could use, use it in a sitcom pitch when I get fired from my current job. Anyway, pay attention. Here's the clip from show number six ten. That's Outrun. Outrun, eh, Brad? Yeah, you remember this, right? You could pick the music that you wanted to play while you crashed the car. Nope. No, you no recollection. Be completely making this up, and I would not know the difference. No, there were. I think there were three tunes. Oh my god. They're pretty snappy, little 8-bit synthesizer, single channel. <laughs> How do you know this? Like, one of them was like, you know, Bay Waves, and there's like City Streets, and the third one is like, you're late for dinner. I don't even know. I'm making something wow, out. But there were two or three different tunes you could choose from when you started the game. That's good. I, no, I didn't. Huh. You, you must have played a lot more arcade games than I did. Or, or maybe I just never, I always played the real mainstream ones you just stuck to galaga because you knew somehow in your soul that someday you would be faced the opportunity to humiliate me in public galaga Galaga machine galagon galaga zaxxon was my was my real specialty um joust defender asteroids i was never really good at asteroids i was never good at pac-man i didn't really care for a centipede Oh, we didn't talk about the Pac-Man machine we found. So there was this like up to four player like head to head Pac-Man machine that was oh, crazy fun. Right. It was so fun. You're basically trying to avoid the ghosts and eat the dots but also eat each other. If if I can find that game again anywhere else, I I will do nothing for the rest of my life but play it. And we we it must was fun. Have, I don't know how many quarters. We were we... just pouring money into it. Yeah. Like here take some more. Here. Yeah. Yeah, here, here's the pipeline to my second mortgage. Just take what you need. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. I've never I've never seen a game that addictive before. 
Anyway, we had some winners, so go ahead and read their names. We did. This week's winners include Jason in Memphis, Jeremy, who shot J.R. Rodwan, Brian Patton, and Jeff and Charity in Richlands, Virginia. By the way, Brad, who did shoot J.R.? Um, I don't know. Some <laughs> actress. Anyway, let's spin the wheel, find out who won the uh, <laughs> postal-friendly bottle opener. Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Or do you want to spin it? I could. I don't have to. It really won't require much motion, right? Okay. Well, you you spin it this week. Let's let the uh, magic uh, meat stick spin it. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus! Ready? No. <laughs> Doink. <laughs> well, it's going pretty good there. Magic meat stick knows his business. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm gonna regret that, aren't I? Uh, you might. Uh, it's slowing down. Looks like it's going to land on Brian Patton. Brian, send us your mailing address, and we'll get a postal-friendly bottle opener in the mail to you right away, if not sooner. <laughs> in the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's Stuck in the Arcade mystery clip. If you know it, email us at, 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 echo sounds, podcast at sits.com. Ooh, mm, ah, that's the meat stick. And tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. My family loves the snack. And now I've got a great change of pace from Chips and Nuts. Slim Jim and these new canisters. In the snack section of your supermarket. Give that man a Slim Jim. And we're back. We've got a few minutes left. I thought, hey, why not? Let's thank some patrons. Yes. Uh, it's been a while. So we have two new ones, David Fiore and Aaron Heaven. Thank you. Yeah, Steve said all the good words. No, I, I'll, I'll, and all, all kidding aside, thank you so much. It really does mean a lot to us. It It helps us make this podcast, and we appreciate that. And it's so much better than reading boner pill ads. <laughs> I don't know. I got pretty good at writing those. But, well, you did. But um, I, I think I, a lot of the fun we have with our patrons are those. We, we, we do these monthly VIP happy hours. And those things go all over the place. And they're, they're, they're a lot of fun because really you know, anything is you know, on the table. You can ask us crazy questions. We can, we'll, we'll talk about Sometimes we'll have a theme to it, and we'll talk about our summer jobs, or we'll talk about our worst Christmas gifts and stuff like that. But yeah, they're always the theme shows. It's so funny because it's basically if we put a theme out, it is a a ironclad guarantee that we will not talk about that topic, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. It's fine. The conversation goes where it goes. But it's like oh, we had to have a couple seed topics just to get things rolling. Yeah, we never seem to need them. No. People just come at us like, hey, Brad, why are you such a jerk? <laughs> oh, I can't imagine that's any of your business, listener. It's just fun to be able to actually see the the other people, and you know, we're all usually having a drink at the time, and just just to be able to see each other and talk to each other and just have a good time. It's just it's just it's just a nice break from everything else that's going on in the world these days. Um, anyway, special thanks to John Easdale for joining the show this week. Really had a great time. Go check out Cinema Verite, their first album from 1985. I'm telling you right now, it's a fantastic piece of work. And if you're coming with us on the 2022 Voyage of the 80s Cruise, don't miss their show. It's going to be epic. Uh, but in the meantime, Brad and I will be back hopefully next week with, with or without our meat sticks. 
but still hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music, and thanks for listening. Yeah.